Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. When Wes gives you an angry grunt, you know it's going to be a good show. We got a lot to get to today. <laughs> I did want to open up with one of the more shocking bets that Fiddy wanted to go forth with before he hopped on the mic. We were talking about being in shape. I was making fun of myself for not being able to run a mile and a half without having to dig very deep and then being sick for like the next two days after trying that a couple of months ago or a, yeah, a couple months ago, we all had that experience. Fiddy did say, Wes, I could beat you right now in a race if we were to run a mile. And all of us, as Colin was leaving the studio, we were all shocked that right? Fiddy would have that kind of that kind of unmitigated gall and confidence to call you out. And you immediately said, yeah, that's fine. We can go ahead and make that's this. Right, if you man. Want I to. ran, I ran 3.4 on uh, Saturday morning. So I'm, I'm with it. That's amazing. Good for you. And, you. I mean, I seriously, that, because I have such a newfound <laughs> respect. There are times where I would have a rational confidence. Yeah, I could run that. Okay. Like eight minute mile. If I dug deep enough and just didn't quit, yeah. I could do it. And then I tried Oh wait, no, eight minutes ain't happening right now. Yeah, man, it's a it's been a slow grind uh, to the levels that I'm at as a runner. But uh, yeah, <laughs> so Fiddy, you you would dig deep in your cross country days, and you think you could? Uh, what what kind of mile time would you put out there? You know, I I don't want to set the boundaries. I don't want to set the parameters. I just know that I'm a competitor, mm-hmm. and I don't back down from a challenge. Do you run from the grind? Do you see I that? am not Simeon Wiltshire, so no. <laughs> yeah, Wes is showing me, I guess, this app that counts. Yeah, my the, Nike Run Club app. What is the – so I'm seeing something close to 2,500. What does that yeah, number represent? 2,472 miles logged since 2013. I mean, yes, it's a decade. That's still that's a lot of miles. Yeah, man. I like the run. I enjoy it. I, when I first started, it was Hold hard. On. Yeah. Uh, let's. I want to go to the text line. How many people do you – like, are there people out there that think they have run – Close to 2,500 miles. I'm sure there are people out there. That's still a number that is astonishing oh, to me. Thank you. I appreciate that, man. I'm surprised you're not like 180 pounds. Right. Wes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Good <laughs> average pace, too, man. 710 runs. 935 pick. Yeah, 704 said this is coming from the guy who threw up his Pop-Tart helping Kyle Bailey. Just a cereal challenge. bar. <laughs> right, damn it. It's, true. it's a big difference. It's a big difference. Um, who thinks about Pop-Tarts a lot? Is Me. it you? Oh, God. Is it? No, oh, it's Wes who it's thinks me. about Pop-Tarts a lot. All right, we've got a lot to get to. Enough of this nonsense, Fitty challenging Wes to a race. Let's get off of the bus. Fitty, open up the doors. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Damn! I can feel it. Monster. Monster workout schedule for the Charlotte Hornets at the end of this week going into the beginning of next week. Did I say it was a monster workout? Because I meant it. Thompson Twins will be officially working out with the Charlotte Hornets on Friday. 
And then it's Scoot Sunday, baby. Okay. Scoot Henderson coming in on Sunday. If you observe, we will celebrate Scoot Sunday the following Monday. <laughs> to all those again who observe. And then Tuesday, Brandon Miller comes yeah. to town. So you're talking about really the top five prospects within a couple of other guys too, right? Like maybe a black is in there, Jairus Walker, whatever. But if you're talking about close to the top five prospects, not named Victor Wembenyama, they're all going to be working out from Friday to Tuesday here, Wes. What do you think some of the storylines are going to be? The rumblings, the rumors, how excited are you that we're going to have so much content to talk about next week? Sure. Because some of the uh, Jake Fisher, KOC, some of those reports will be coming out. See, what it should be, if I was running the workout, I'd, I'd, I'd not let them eat for like two days. I'd put steak dinners in each corner of the room. <laughs> then I'd let them go two on two. I'd just roll the ball out and they go two on two and just go at it just like angry dogs. You know what I'm saying? But... I think the storylines are going to be uh, mainly the interviews, what was said. Of course, we know that's going to happen. I think the Thompson twins are going to make things a little bit more compelling. I think when they get in here and work out, and I think you might hear some buzz that maybe, I'm just sure you maybe, will. that the Hornets could be looking at them as well. I think Scoot's going to do really well in his workout. And I think Brandon Miller, the closer, that's going to be the big one on Tuesday. I think you will hear that. He will go a long way in closing the deal and becoming the second pick of the draft. But it's going to be a lot of great storylines. So I'd say Thompson Twins is going to be how they could maybe be dark horses. Scoot is going to come in and just wow them with his athleticism. And then Brandon Miller is going to come in and do much of the same and make his case. Well, and, and I think I think you're exactly right. Because we kind of saw this with the NFL workouts whether it was Carolina doing the band tour, going to every quarterback pro day, and then we'd get a lot of great reports coming out of C.J. Stroud's pro day or even the throwing session at the Combine. Then you go to Florida. Now there are rumblings that Anthony Richardson is in the mix at number one overall. I think we are going to get some Amen Thompson buzz within maybe that Friday, Saturday. Thompson Twins just completed their workout. Amen is a top 1% athlete as soon as he steps into the NBA, which is crazy to say, but it's true. Yeah. If you haven't seen him, just go watch highlights. It doesn't mean that he should be second overall. It doesn't mean that he's going to be a phenomenal basketball player. Feel is still a problem with him, but 6'7", that could just, it's crazy how high he can jump. So it's the kind of athlete that would wow you in some workout. Same thing with Scoot Henderson and Brandon Miller. I expect to shoot well. So all these workouts, which they're designed to do anyway, are going to showcase great skill and they're going to showcase a lot of buzz around every single one of these prospects immediately after, and then we'll have to dissect through everything because, Wes, we're only one day out from being two weeks away from the NBA draft. It's getting down to the details here, and we're, we're going to start dwindling down all of the possibilities and what Charlotte's going to do. You're smiling for a reason. Why yeah, are you smiling? I noticed how when you went through each prospect and said what they were going to do, you just said with Brandon Miller, he's going to shoot well. And just uh, left it at that. Like I went to everybody just, straight. The man's just a shooter. The man's Bruce Bowen out here, <sighs> I guess you could say. I went to everybody straight. <laughs> Brandon Miller's going to shoot well. Yeah. I think so. So um, I guess that's a good question. Yeah. We, we can talk about this a little bit later on in the show. Mm -hmm. I do have that when we discuss some of the mock drafts yeah. and where everybody has the Charlotte Hornets going at number two. But what are a few things? G give me one. Give me a tease, Wes. One thing you want to see from Scoot, first and foremost. One thing you want to see from Brandon Miller. And then maybe if you want to talk about Ahmed and Osar as well. I guess I want to see from Scoot 
with him working with Curry. How is the shot looking? The yeah. mechanics are things improving. But that's even such a tease too, because when guys do that, it's still the thing when you know when it gets thick. Are you going to go back to your old technique? Because it's easy to do it in workouts when you're thinking about it, and that's all you have to think about. Great Kimba Walker story about just that, how he stuck with the grind and kept going and became one of the better shooters in the end. Yeah, NBA. and then with Brandon Miller, I think that we'll just hear, you know, about the, the thing I think you'll see from him is just all around, just all the different things that he could do. But uh, what's but one of the things I'd you want to see? i looking for from him. I guess just off of from what you said and from the footage that I've watched, he doesn't display a lot of dribbling moves. So I would just want to see maybe the handle just a little bit, see him put together some combinations of moves and shots and things of that nature together to see how good that handle really is. All right, we've had some John Fanta audio that we've been trying to get to for the last three days. We're also going to get to some more later on in the show, but let's just give you one Fanta soundbite because we've been trying to do this for quite some time. Here's Fanta discussing how the Hornets cannot pick just for fit. you got to pick best player available. Where could Scoot Henderson get us? And Scoot Henderson can be a guy that can get you to a conference finals, if not with some help, you know, a championship down down the way. It's not to say Miller can't, but my thought process is this. If you are higher on Scoot and you're evaluating, if the Hornets evaluate and they're genuinely higher on Brandon Miller, okay, I, I, I understand that logic. I get it. It is what it is. But I am in the Scoot camp, so you're telling me, you're telling me that because you think he doesn't fit you, but you think he's the second best overall talent, that your course of logic is that you're not going to take him? You can't have that course of logic. No. I agree with that, by the way. If you think I Brandon want you Miller and is him the- together. The day before the draft in the studio, just going off on. But but it would yes, it'd be it would great. Be lit. We'll we'll give you some lit takes. But he <laughs> did say in the former of that soundbite that if you think Brandon Miller is the better prospect, that's who you take. And this is the conversation we have a lot for me, especially surrounding quarterbacks. Where okay, maybe you like this quarterback better. Maybe we think this QB is going to be better. But ultimately, the team has to buy in on who's the better prospect. If Charlotte thinks Brandon Miller is the better prospect, then you got to go with that. That's why you can't really draft for fit, especially at the top of the draft, man. If if you think it's a better fit with someone, and you go that route despite having all NBA potential with another prospect, just any scenario. That doesn't make sense to me. It's always best player available, especially if you think they can have a huge impact going forward. Wes, we had a big local storyline here. Why don't you tell the people something that is going about in the Queen City, a big old storyline concerning high school football. Well, when the high school football season kicks off, it's going to be a great, great day. You're going to have a lot of games to choose from, but a triple header was announced at Memorial Stadium. Myers Park versus Charlotte Christian. West Charlotte versus the Palisades at 3 p.m. And then Duncan Burns from South Carolina will take on Huff at 7 o'clock. The same day as you get Northwestern High School from Rock Hill and Providence Day with that loaded squad and the lineman that I talked about yesterday who is the unicorn and I can't remember his name because the notes are not in front of me. Okay. Johnson Jr. I think is what it was, right? Wasn't it Johnson Jr. or something like that? Maybe yeah, it was. Something I don't like know. That. Hold on. No, no, no. I'm not going. But yeah, keep going. <laughs> okay. So we have the triple header announced. It's going to be fun. The historic high school football game that you mentioned. I know you're going to be really excited for that. 
And maybe you can tell us about the most impressive venue you ever played in in your college days, because for these high school athletes, I imagine Bank of America Stadium is going to be the oh, best. Oh yeah, venue that's going to be played. awesome for them to, to to start the season up like that, man. It's going to be tremendous. So, It'll be fun. We'll come up with that name a little bit later on. It's, we're getting off the bus. I do have this question for the text line, and then we can finish some of these other topics we have in the opening segment. Lionel Messi coming to the MLS, coming to Inter Miami, who plays Charlotte FC. We'll get to see them go at it next year. It'll be a lot of fun. Huge star coming over to a different team. What are some of the other big-time transitions you've seen from Hall of Fame superstar-level athletes? 704-570-9610. A Shaquille going to Miami. Any transi- transition you want to talk about, we'll get to that coming up next on Wesson Walker David Sanders Jr., sorry, my man. David Sanders Jr., 704-570-9610. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Wesson Walker back on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We were discussing right before we hopped on the mic. City challenged Wes to a one-mile race, to which me, Wes, and Colin all laughed. And Wes immediately took Fitty up on that bet. I think since Fitty has found the humor in it, but at first it seemed like he was ready to roll. First it seemed like he was. Yeah, he thought he, he was with the smoke. I got to give him credit now, did. you know. Well, I mean, this is Fitty. He's absolutely right. going to be with the smoke, especially at the beginning part of all of it. I did want to go to the text line, 704-570-9610-239. So we brought up. <laughs> is that our new text alert, Sam? Yes. I missed it, man. We got we had we had to have something. Do you not like it? I do like it actually. Hey, it's fine. It's it's Oh, sound- it's it's just fine. Well, okay. If if we're going to stop it. It sounds like a problem, right? It sounds like it's inadvertently going out over the air rather than a a text message alert. Because we've had this before. It it we've had that sound bite go over the air before inadvertently. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't sound like I would love to hear. I would love to be able to see all of the listeners in their cars or wherever they are. When that noise goes off, how many of them check their phone? (laughs) Because you know what happens. It sounds like you left a pod up and you just have instant messenger going off on one of the computers Mm -hmm. over there. So would you rather me pull the iPhone text sound, which is just a. Yeah, let's check it out. Yeah, let's check it out. Go ahead and put that. Uh, I don't know. Let's try all the text 
sounds and see how it works. Anyways, let's go back to the text line. 239 wrote in, I probably haven't driven 2,500 miles in the last 10 years. This is in reference to Wes showing me his running app. Over the last 10 years, Wes has run 2,400 970 2472 2472 so you're close to have running 2500 miles trophy husband i feel you man i'm so fat i walk i walk three to seven miles a day so he doesn't run but that's fine there's something if you want to walk three to seven miles a day that's still a lot hey i give people credit man even people in the gym you see them and they might not look the greatest but i give them credit for trying working out sucks it's not easy oh i've been working out the last two months props to you well and that was not i promise i was not seeking approval but i appreciate (laughs) that it does make me feel good yeah the thing is I will walk in and there's definitely a feeling of being self-conscious looking at everybody else put up weight and I'm still like bicep (laughs) curls. They're doing that just fine with one bicep. And here I am having the whole bar trying to figure out how much I can lift. And it's not nearly as much as everyone else. You feel so good though when you're done. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. 704 number wrote in. Be glad you weren't wrestlers. We started practice with a stadium mile. Workouts in the AM and after practice. Hours of running per day. Wrestlers went through it in high school. They get it going, man. No question about it. It was crazy. Uh, Bud Lightyear. We can attest to this because he came out and saw us at Carolina Ale House during the NCAA tournament. He said, I do seven miles every day listening to the show. So 2,500 miles a year for Bud Lightyear. That's true. I mean, seven a day is crazy. And I believe it. I 100% believe it. And then we asked the question, what is the biggest star transition that you've seen in your lifetime with Lionel Messi going over to Inter-Miami, working on a monster deal there? Simon says... He wrote in Tom Brady to Tampa Bay. You are a big that Tom Brady huge. fan. How big was that for you? That was huge uh, because it was just figuring out which team he was going to go to. So I would say for me, for my money, uh, Peyton Manning when he went to Denver, Tom Brady. Then I would say Kevin Durant when he went to the Warriors. That was a good one. Yeah. And Michael Jordan when he went to the Wizards. The Wizards one didn't hit as much for me just because he owned them, had a stake in the team. So we always kind of yeah. felt like he was going to go there. For a shocking moment, I just remember Shaq going to Miami. That was a big one. That was big as well. When they pulled off that trade and we had some elementary school uh, field trip. And if you did, I don't know, if you were good, if you had perfect attendance to that point or whatever, you could go see the Bobcats play Miami. And that year they traded for Shaq. So everybody was lit. <laughs> we were ready to roll. I remember that. I we, used to get held back from stuff like that. I forget what that t-shirt was like. Oh, I forget the t-shirt. I used to was have it be the, cool. Stay in school. No, okay. that's a good. That's what I used to get held back for. I forget what it was. Used to, you weren't yeah, able I to attend go, those. Man. I had to stay. A lot of the big school functions that were for good behavior. Yeah. Old West was back in the classroom with the hooligans. Mm-hmm. Um, I had one time where I didn't have the best attendance, and so I didn't get to go on the ski trip. Oh, my, my mom fought that. Yeah. She, oh, I, I, God bless whoever Based she Based off what out. you said, how she gives it up, I bet that was pretty. Uh, yeah. I think was, your mom and my mom are very similar in those Well, regards. I'm just, I don't know who didn't let me go on the ski trip. I mean, it was legitimate. I shouldn't have gone. 
I oh, but two. you got to end up going because no, they said no. No, more. I didn't. Okay. But whoever took those lumps from mom, man, that was, uh, God bless you if you still exist. 704-570-9610. People writing in Joe Montana to KC. Wasn't, that was uh, big. Didn't know it at the time, but I would imagine for a San Francisco fan, that was pretty big for you. Joe yeah, Montana going was, to KC. Yeah, and I mean, it was something that you knew was coming because of the conflict with him and Steve Young and all of that right. stuff. And then it was time to give Young the ting. Tom Glavin to the Mets. Thomas wrote that in. Wow, he played for the Mets. Yeah, he did. Yeah, wow. I yeah, I guess I guess that's a good one. Wayne Gretzky to the Keens. Two live Drew. Wayne okay, Gretzky. That to was the Keens. big. Yeah. Griffey to the Reds was big. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, Griffey to the Reds. Yeah, you can see keep sending them in, and we'll try to get to those as we go on. Seven zero four five seven zero ninety six ten is the text line. Let's move on to the Carolina Panthers, where. We're asking if they're going to make any move opposite of Brian Burns. Are they going to bring in another edge rusher? Another problem that we've had with the roster as constructed, they don't have a lot of cornerback depth. We've talked about some of the better free agents still available. Yannick Ngakwe, Jadeveon Clowney. We saw Leonard Floyd. He was just signed to the Buffalo Bills for one year. Everybody, not everybody, plenty of Panthers fans did want Leonard Floyd in a Carolina uniform. My question is, Wherever you feel like there is still a hole on this roster, Wes, do you think Carolina still makes a splash signing? And before you answer, let me clarify with like, I don't know, not a cannonball splash, maybe like a can opener, something decent size that you think has an impact, but clearly not. It doesn't have to be DeAndre Hopkins type of splash. Is there any type of move like that for Carolina the rest of the offseason? Uh, really, when you look at it, I don't see one. When you look at guys that could come in, I think this roster is pretty much constructed. Unless you went out, and to me, to make a splash move is the only way to go at this point because you're solid in most positions that you have. I think cornerback is the shakiest one. But other than that, you're pretty solid at pretty much the positions that you need to be solid at. If you go to the edge rushing position, you're going to add a decent player, not a great player. So the only position you could add a great player, in my opinion at this point, is at wide receiver. There are some cornerbacks sitting around out there. You look at a Marcus Peters out there and some of those guys, Ronald yeah. Darby, some players like that. But I don't see them going out to get one of those players, especially when you see that some of the undrafted guys are starting to make some noise. So I'm not sure that that happens there. I think as far as just them making a splash move before the season starts, unless it's DeAndre or Devontae, uh, I don't see anything that they could really do that would make this team significantly better. I think they go out and still sign an edge rusher. And part of that is just because there's still decent names out there. I, I like Clowney more than you. That's been documented. But even if you just want to bypass Clowney, we can go to Yannick Ngakwe, which people have mentioned. Leonard Floyd signing with Buffalo, but Melvin Ingram on a one-year deal. Justin Houston, does he have enough in the tank for a one-year deal? Frank Clark, as you mentioned, even a Kyle Van Noy. If you go to the best available free agents, whether it be PFF, whether it be ESPN, pick whatever publication you want to go with, most of the top available free agents are edge rushers. And if we feel like there's still enough of a weakness there to where you at least want to shore up depth, Edge rusher might be the place you go to. You also mentioned cornerback, Marcus Peters, Ronald Darby. They're available. That would make sense to me. There are also some offensive linemen. I think that's a little less likely, especially after you draft the Chandler Savala. 
I still think they make a move. I still think they go after some kind of edge rusher as you get closer to the regular season. Any of the names I mentioned, I don't know who they like. I don't know who Averro likes mostly. I just think if there is some semblance still of a hole opposite of Brian Burns, I think they probably will bring in a veteran if the only other guy is a Marquise Haynes, YGM, who we don't love, and DJ Johnson, who is a raw rookie. So I think the problem with the pass rushes that are available is that they're available for a reason. I think Leonard Floyd was the cream of all those guys, but if you look at it, Jadavion Kleiner, we've talked about it, locker room issues as far as motivation and just being out there and not being a guy that's going to give the energy and enthusiasm needed for a young locker room flank. Frank Clark, we know the the off-the-field issues that he has. We know that he's kind of a a loose cannon when you talk about being in the locker room. Don't need that. And the production doesn't match to be able to take him. Yannick Ngakwe is a guy that just really plays the pass. I mean, as far as being an edge rusher, and he doesn't offer really anything in the run game. And to me, that's problematic because teams recognize if you're going to put this guy in the game, and some of these other players in the game, like they're going to attack them. And you go get a Yannick Ngakwe, yeah, the numbers look good. He's had no less than eight sacks in every season that he's played. But the run the run play is just so bad on his part. The run defense is so putrid that I just feel like he's a guy that you can't afford to put him on the field unless it is a really, really obvious pass position, uh, uh, a really obvious pass situation because teams are going to attack him off the bat and it's going to hurt you in the run defense. So um, I just think that they can stand pat. As I've said, I want to see what young DJ Johnson's got. I'd like to see what. You don't want any. I kind of I want it. And I I hear everything you're saying. Uh, Clearly, they're. Yeah. You can do the they're available for a reason game. And I get it because there's just a lot. No, for sure. Yeah. You still have some proven production from some of these guys, even a little bit later, as insurance for someone like DJ Johnson. Man, people thought that that was a high draft pick, and you're relying on him. But this is what I'd people, rather he be the insurance. But that's what people thought, and like I said, into the draft, and we can speculate as much as we feel like it, but we won't know until he gets on the field. He could surprise. How many guys have been labeled as not good picks and come out and been great picks? I guess my point is, why why would it hurt bringing in another veteran guy? Because I don't if, think you get. I don't think their production is worth. Like one year, what? How, how many? How much money would you get? I couldn't imagine there's much. Yeah, like a veteran's minimum. Oh, like I think that. they get more than that. Okay, a little bit more. That. And that's what I'm saying. I, I don't think any of these guys warrant that. You look at Ngakwe's run defense grade, it's a 43.7. Well, I know, but you can go an obvious pass situation. So two-minute drill, there's clearly you're not going to get one over on the defense because we're going to have a sneaky handoff and pick up eight yards. There's That's not the type of time to call that. So you put in Ngakwe, especially if Scott Fitterer is focused on DJ Johnson setting the edge. I do think there are some pass rush specialists out there, but to your point, you're right. It's not like I can go depend on any of these guys to perform game in and game out. Those days, if they were there for some of these veterans, they're long gone as they get past 30 because every single one of those guys I just brought up, by the way, they're older. So that's something for sure. People don't want the retread guy. That's all you got right now. And so it is slim pickings out there on the market. Now, these other players that we can mention, they're not retread. In fact, we might have not even seen some of their primes yet when you talk about Derek Brown, who had a great year last season, and J.C. Horn, who has not been able to stay healthy enough to be on the field every single week. A little better last year, especially after the season-ending injury he suffered week three of his rookie year. 
But still, you'd like to see J.C. Horn more available. Wes Bucky Brooks of the NFL Network had both Derek Brown and J.C. Horn on his all-breakout team. What do you think of both of their inclusions, and is there somebody you think he's missing? I think that you can't look at them as breakout players. I think as far as when you look at their seasons and how things can shape up for them going forward, I think these are huge years for both of these guys because Derek Brown, we've had a little bit of a mixed bag. Now, last year we got it looks like we're coming out on the other side of that mix because it looks like he is rounding into a really good player. But this is the season where we can kind of find out, is it going to be the the Derrick Brown that we got from the first couple of seasons where we were a little bit worried about what they had? Or is it going to be the guy that's going to continue on his ascension from last season? Same thing with J.C. Horn. Is this the season that he's going to step into the reputation that he's acquiring as a really, really good cornerback? Or is it going to be more of the same? And his main issue has been the injuries. And as he talked about in the article with Athletic, really just broken bones, things that he can't control. But the thing is, is being healthy is a skill. And so is this going to be the season that he proves to you that he can be healthy? So I think it's huge years for both of these guys as far as the future of the franchise and what they will mean to it and also the future of their pockets, what type of contracts they'll get. Yeah, I think if you look at his reasoning for Derrick Brown, it's all about the scheme fit. Derrick Brown had a very good year last season. I'm glad that you saw consistent play from him for a whole year rather than you just get a flash from – you know, September has a down month in October, picks it back up in November. We didn't see that from Derek. We did see pretty consistent play for one of the better defensive tackles in all the game. And what Bucky writes in his write-up, whether he aligns over the center or on either shade of the offensive guard, Brown should have more opportunities to show off his pass rushing skills while also continuing to crush the run. I do think if you just want to do the pro football reference thing, and then you are paying attention out in Arizona, and you want to see Carolina's stats, the box score, what did Derek do in the box score, I think you're going to see more sacks this year because of the different alignment. I think you're probably going to see even a higher grade with that pass rush grade, and it was already pretty good from where he was rushing the uh, the passer more consistently in the Phil Snow scheme. I do think some of those numbers could get decent, especially for a guy of his stature. Now going to J.C. Horn, You tell me, Wes, do we think of him as already a breakout contender or do we still have work to be done for the South Carolina Gamecocks? I think as far as the play on the field, if he can maintain that, he's going to be in good shape. Again, his only real thing are the injuries. Can he stay on the field? Can he have the skill that is being available to his football team. And I think that's the big thing for him. And I think if he is able to play the entire season, I think that will show that he's one of the better corners in the game. Wolfpack James wrote in on the text line, 704-570-9610. Amari Barno is my breakout pick. I apologize. Somebody yesterday and even the day before that had mentioned Amari Barno a couple times. We just didn't get to it. What do you think about him as a freak athlete, not big, but a freak athlete coming out of ODU, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he's from uh, Virginia Tech. Cause I Virginia Tech, that's him right. a good bit yes. on uh, ACC Digital Network. Yep, that's yeah. right. Thank you. Yeah, I knew it was uh, something up there. That's so, all yes, good. Virginia Tech, yeah. So Amari Barno, smaller, but also, what was the 40 time? Like a four, it was something ridiculous as an edge rusher could put, uh, put up. What kind of skill set do you think he could bring? And is there breakout potential, maybe in the form of some kind of Marquise Haynes production? Yeah, there's a little bit. I like Marquise Haynes just a little bit more. I mean, this is a guy that had two sacks and 
one hurry last season. Uh, very, very limited production. So you're really going to want to see what he's able to do. I think, though, playing on that edge in that 3-4 can really help him as far as just showing his athleticism, not having to put his hand in the dirt and maybe being able to get some matchup advantages, whether it be from the blitzes that are coming, allowing him to get some one-on-one uh, opportunities. He had some games where he flashed just a little bit. I mean, Baltimore, you look at last year, he had a 74.9 grade according to PFF. And then uh, Cincinnati, and then the last game against New Orleans, he had some good grades for tackling. But other than that, this is a guy that has a whole lot to prove, very, very limited production. I like a Marquise Haynes when you talk about maybe a potential breakout candidate because this is a guy that had five sacks last year. We know that he's capable of coming in making some big plays. I'm pretty sure he will continue to get a little stronger, maybe add a little bit more size because that's his main drawback. But I think he can add a few more sacks onto his total if he continues his production from last year. Maybe get to the eight or nine slot. We'll see. Eight or nine sack number. So we'll see. And the problem with Marquis Haynes is he's going to be a strict pass rusher too, right? Very Yannick right. Ngakwe. If you don't like Yannick's run defense grade, then you are not going to like Haynes because it's under a 40, and that's a very specific thing for him. But he can rush the pass. I like him as a situational guy. And and that's the thing about him, even drafting him coming out of Ole Miss. You knew it was only going to be pass rush because yeah. he was a smaller pass rusher. And so if you get him in those situations, sometimes it can be hard to stay in front of him as an offensive lineman. So and, it will be interesting to see. And what I'll Hanks say he's a young guy, so maybe when you bring in a Ezra Evero and they talk about how he elevates the play of guys around him, this is a pretty young player that was drafted in 2018 he'll be but he he was a little older so he'll like he'll be 30 at the end of the season so like veteran but yeah not yeah. a Jadeveon Clowney yeah, I guess yeah. not an Inclowney. whereas you bring in vets that are setting their ways and they might give you what you ask for every now and again um do we want to get to a fitty flash do you have anything nope we'll skip it all right we got the no <laughs> sign that's the dynamic producer we shall follow his direction it's the campus corner coming up next did Simeon Wilcher run from the grind sports radio 927 <laughs> WFNZ McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ and Charlotte FC Major League Soccer is now in season. And the WFNZ Jack Daniels Doghouse is open for business. The Doghouse doors will open up three hours before every home match. So stop by and get ready for kickoff with some of your favorite friends. Join us for the pregame and postgame parties at the Jack Daniels Doghouse. Coming to you live from the Audi Charlotte studio and brought to you by Jack, oops, brought to you by Jack Daniels and Pepsi. Only from Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, the exclusive home 
of the Charlotte sports fan. I think we've all said oops after Jack Daniels. I think all of us <laughs> have had that moment. Yes, I think we have as well. So, talking about the campus. Kona, let's go there. All right. And some news that was sure to be lamented by one Josh Fitty Marlowe. But I think this young man is well on his way to becoming a scholar because he's showing excellent decision-making already. <laughs> Simeon Wilshire, four-star recruit coming to North Carolina this season. But, oh, no! He says, I am not coming here due to this crowded backcourt. And he becomes the second recruit in the modern era. The modern recruiting era, that is, to decommit from UNC. Gigi Jackson was the first. So, this kid averaged 15.4 points, 5.6 assists, 4.5 rebounds, and 1.8 steals per game as a senior at Roselle High School. He committed to UNC originally over offers from Arkansas, Auburn, Yukon, Illinois, Kansas, and Memphis, among others. Signed a national letter of intent during a ceremony at his school in November of 2021. But Big Armando, Big Mondo, that bleeds that Carolina blue, he got on social media and said that he is running from the grind. What do we think about this? Is this a big deal? How tough is this for the Tar Heels to lose out on a talented recruit like this? Okay, so so the question being, what do we think about Simeon Wilcher and then Mondo's comment? Yes. Like, what do we think about Simeon Wilcher deciding to leave the program? I think it definitely hurts the depth. I think this is one of the big... I, at first, I didn't think it was a huge deal. But I saw people on Twitter acting like it really was. I thought they were overreacting for a while. But then I started thinking, all right, well, if we actually go back discuss some of the better Carolina basketball teams in the last decade. Some of the guys that have not been one and done players or even two and done players have really helped this team reach the depths of the NCAA tournament. And so could Wilcher as a four-star guy have been one of those players that would have been and made a big time impact second, third year. I think that's what you're really hurting from this. If you're North Carolina, where he decides to leave and now you don't have the potential guy to help you out in his sophomore and his junior campaign as he decommits and he'll go to another college basketball program that he will go to you. How big of a deal was this when you saw this come across your timeline? Is this going to hurt North Carolina this year and beyond? Yeah, I mean, definitely. But it has nothing to do with there being a, a crowded backcourt or anything like that. This is a simple situation where with today's athlete, I'm going to take my ball and go somewhere else. Oh, because yes, the old man take. I love he, it. He saw, he saw the fanfare. And the hype around the Elliott Cadu reclassification, where the fan base, including myself, celebrated such a move. You've got national college basketball writers that have updated their preseason top 25s and all that stuff because of him, because they expect him to start right away. And, and so his feelings just got hurt, so he's not coming. And I say that because he's been committed since 2021. At the first late night with time. Hubert Davis type of thing, he committed. So he was committed during the first year, which before the run of the national title game wasn't great. Stay committed last year when the team failed and went 20 and 13. Stay committed when they saw seven players transfer out of the program. 
stay committed when they brought in other backcourt players to add depth and talent to the roster. But then when Elliot Kadu reclassifies, all of a sudden you want to ask out of your letter of intent, I don't want to go in on the kid because he's still just a kid. But that's just the reality of the situation. And it's just further evidence that Carolina's got to make sure they're recruiting the right type of kids. Because (laughs) this is evidence he's not the right type. (laughs) So good riddance then. Yeah. I mean, good luck. Go somewhere else and and play hopefully well and go to the NBA and all that type of stuff. But maybe if you would have played better your senior year of high school and you wouldn't have fallen down the recruiter the rankings the way that you did – Maybe we wouldn't have just lost our minds when a guy like Elliot could do reclassify. I'm just glad you didn't go in on the kid. I am. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's what I got my podcast for. <laughs> well, I find it interesting. Like I said, I mean, I think this is the era of college basketball that we are in. When you talk about NIL and then you talk about these kids now, they're brands from the time they start playing sports in their own minds and in the minds of their families. And I think when they looked at this situation and assessed it, even if he did come in and was a really, really good player, he still was going to have a hard time getting the type of playing time I'm sure he feels that he deserves. When you talk about five scholarship guards, Cormac Ryan, Paxton Wojcik, R.J. Davis, Seth Trimble, and now Elliot Cadu. And I think he saw that crowd at backcourt and said, even if I am killing it, now he could take the Kentucky approach where he's able to get multiple kids in and make them be able to take their roles and say, all right, I could accept the 12 to 15 minutes. Hubert Davis is who you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, Hubert Davis could get on the John Calipari school of of thought with recruits where they come in and they accept the fact they're going to be limited in their roles and limited in what they could do. But I think this kid just maybe valued himself a little bit more. We'll see if that ends up being the truth if he goes somewhere else and becomes a star. But I think he just looked at that crowd at backcourt and said, man, even if I do play really well, I'm not going to get the playing time that I want to be able to get to the NBA to secure the future for himself and his family. So I can't blame him. I mean, I, I, I see and I understand why he would do something like this. Elliot Cadeau. I know we keep calling him Cadeau. Oh, yeah, man. Do. When he said Cadeau, I... No, it's okay. Ed Gummit. It's yeah. all right. It's, I like Cadeau better. But yeah, because Cadeau's, he could do it, you know? Yeah, I, I like yeah. it. No, I wish we could play Cadeau. off of that. Although, I mean, Cadeau is going to make that dough, so we can make that one work. I wish people could see dough. into the studio the eyes widen as soon as he figured out Cadeau, money, do re me. Fitty thought he was really <laughs> onto something right there. Yeah, Elliot Cadeau absolutely had a huge impact on this. I don't think there's any doubt about that because Fitty, even if you did use that as some kind of indictment on Wiltshire, you are right in the fact that Elliot Cadeau's presence absolutely forced Simeon Wiltshire to go elsewhere. And I will say this, when we would discuss North Carolina's positive offseason, at first it was a little bit of a rocky start Mm -hmm. because you were losing transfers rather than getting some of these big names in. But then I felt really good about what North Carolina was doing All of the guys that we talked about for next year, I will say as far as next year is concerned, how many times have we ever bring up what Wiltshire was going to do? Because I don't think we ever mentioned his name. It was all about the transfers. It was all about the guys returning. And it was all about Elliot Cadeau. It doesn't mean that Wiltshire's not going to be a good basketball player. He was going to be his running mate. But next year, next year we weren't really talking about it. I will say that. I I just, like, in my head, because the backcourt to me, not crowded, they're going to run a three-guard system, so it's going to open up minutes and and playing time. In my head, in a perfect world, he was going to be his running mate, whether he was coming off the bench with Cadeau, or even even if Cadeau started, Wiltshire was going to play a role on the roster Over Trimble? Over Trimble? 
easily? Well, because well, Trimble's a ball handler. Like, yeah. he, he, I mean, Wiltshire's a guy that can put the ball in the basket, which is something Carolina needs because they had a hard time doing that last year. It's so funny. This guy still thinks is going to be coming off the bench. But when we return, mm-hmm. we're going to get into some more Carolina Panthers talk. What is the prove-it game for Bryce Young next season? This is the Wesson Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.